Are you are there things you think you should learn but you can't find the right teacher? Do you not think you're smart? Maybe are there jobs that you'd like but you just don't think you're cut out for it? Well, you're in luck because today's episode we're going to talk about how to learn. This is the Existential Stoic podcast. I'm Randy. That's Danny. What's going on, Danny? What's up, Randy? You know, Danny, you've been in the education system for quite a while. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Is it, Hanson, riddle me this. Is it important to learn? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, you know what's funny, too? I think it's not only is it important to learn, but it's important to know how to learn on your own. Because you know, they, everybody always knows the saying, right? Like, you get out of anything, especially education, what you put into it. And, like, I think a lot of people come into it just expecting hand-holding and the person to guide them, and they get very little out of it because they're not really doing anything on their own or engaging with it on their own terms you know, and finding things they care about. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So in that vein, we're going to be giving a few quick tips today for how to learn. I will go first. And my first one is learn to teach yourself. So this is this is like a very, very common theme that I saw a lot back when I used to work as a veterinarian. Because, you know, all these kids would come up to me and they'd be like, write me a recommendation for vet school. And I do my best to convince them not to become a veterinarian because it's a, you know, <laughs> like, for, no. for various reasons. <laughs> and they'd be like, no, I want to do it anyways. But then then they would, you know, sometimes they would come up and they would be like, oh, I got to take these courses because I want to learn this stuff. And I was like, well, you can teach yourself. And they're like, yeah. no, I can't do that. I need a teacher to learn stuff. And it's like, that is one of the biggest handicaps you can place on yourself, thinking that your learning depends on somebody else in order to do it. Because when you learn to teach yourself, you'll be able to learn so much more when you actually do have instruction. But then when there's not, guess what? There's still a ton of other places to learn other than from a teacher. And that's that's a great way to get ahead. You know, that's a good point, too. And it's funny, but like if you look like at any course you might theoretically take, just get the textbook and look at how the textbook's laid out. And I guarantee you the course is going to follow a similar path. And so mm-hmm. you can use that as a guide to sort of like, Create your own thing and teach yourself, you know? I think you're right. Like, we have people, I think it's from school, probably. We think, like, you need that authority to impart the wisdom to you. But, like, you can do it yourself. You can be both in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, nowadays, most of the teachers just use a prefabricated coursework. They don't even come up with their lectures yeah. or anything. So, they're basically just, you're paying somebody to read you the book. Dude, think of this. Yeah. Dude, right now, I just got our... our uh, a report from like the union uh, not too long ago, it's 78% of college courses now are taught by adjuncts, which means part-time people not making a lot of money, which means they're doing a lot of work to teach you know, which means they're, yeah, they have to cut corners because they're in the choice, you know, and it's ridiculous. So it's like, yeah, I think it's a really good point. Mind-boggling considering that the cost the of cost. education is yeah. the highest it's ever been and the yeah. quality yeah. is the lowest. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, my my first one, and I, I think this is really important, is just start a project on something you want to learn and learn by doing. This is like my favorite method. Like set yourself something that's like obviously beyond your current skills and then just work through it. Because like the best way, at least for me, and I think for a lot of people learn is by one, doing the thing that you want to learn and running into real world problems and forcing yourself to solve them. You know, this is obviously depending on what you're trying to learn, this can be easier or harder some things might not lend themselves directly to projects but you can find a way to work that in whether it's like you know writing a paper on a topic that you're interested in or something and like that's your goal whatever it is but have a project that you can kind of work towards and orient what you're doing and that kind of helps you kind of plan things 
And that, that's a really great thing because a lot of people have these things that they want to be and they think they have to do all these things to be that thing. But it's like, figure out what you want to be. Like, if you want to be a writer, a writer writes. If you want to be a programmer, a programmer programs. If you want to be a doctor, a doctor, doctors. So you got to like figure <laughs> out exactly what they do. But then if you just start doing that on a regular basis, you will become that person. You'll have to deal with all the stuff that they have to deal with. Like writers have to deal with writer's block. There are days when they don't want to write. And learning to overcome those things is going to be a lot better than just doing some routine coursework. Well, and then also if you do ultimately need like some degree or something for whatever it is, by doing that way, you'll actually be way better off when you start because you'll already know what you're doing, you know, and it'll be Mm -hmm. way easier for you to pick up anything you might not know. Yeah. Like exam- here's an example. Back when I was working in veterinary medicine, anybody who'd been a vet tech for a long time, like five, 10 years, I knew if they could grasp the coursework, they would do incredible because by that point, five or 10 years, a vet tech has done everything that a veterinarian has to do, except maybe surgery just for legal reasons, but yeah. like everything else they've done. So they're going to succeed. And that's the thing. You get the real world experience and then whatever degrees come after. That's another good point, too, because then you also get the experience of what the job's really like before you actually do it, which is also really important before you commit all that time and energy. Absolutely. So my next one, how to learn, is read books. Hmm. So remember when we were talking about what's your ma- what superpower do you want? And I was like, oh, I'd like to be invisible. And then you're like, I want to be able to touch a book and just <laughs> like yeah. understand everything. I was like, darn, that is a really good one. But... You can, I mean, everything that's ever been learned, done, every problem encountered, every problem overcome, someone's done it and written a book about it. And you can learn that through reading books. But also, I mean, aside from Danny, who is smart enough to know that reading is very important, uh, (laughs) two of the richest people in the world, uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, they were both asked if you could do it, if you could have any superpower, both of them were like, yeah, be able to read faster. And so like, the ability to read. And if you look across the board, uh, most of the most successful people read a ton. Like Warren Buffett reads four plus hours a day. And a lot of other people read a lot. I mean, look at Oprah. She has a whole freaking book club. So she has a club people, dedicated to books. Yeah, you read. Exactly. So learning to read is something that is huge. And here's a crazy thing. So the average American reads one book a year. And for each minute you read a day, that's how many books you'll read at the end of a year. So the average American reads one minute per day. If you want to do twice as much as the average American, read two minutes a day. That's it. (laughs) The barrier is not that high. I know. (laughs) The barrier is not that high. But Danny and I both have been reading a whole bunch. And, you know, it's something where, uh, at least for myself, I set goals initially, how many books I wanted to read a year. And then I knew how many I needed to read a month and how many I needed to read a week in order to accomplish that. And you get to levels to where you're just reading astronomical numbers, but you get exposed to so many great ideas and concepts. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know what I love about reading too? It doesn't even have to be like necessarily like a technical manual or something. It could be like, even like, there's even value in reading like fun stuff, like fantasy and sci-fi and stuff, I think, because you're still like engaging in your building your comprehension, you're building your ability, like just thinking creativity, which is awesome. And like, there's mm-hmm. so many, I don't know. I love like, cause like all the time, like I'm not a scientist, but all the time I'll pick up books like on like quantum physics and stuff. Cause there's so many like really good ones now that, that are short and like, they're able to introduce these concepts in like fun ways. And it's just fun to learn about it, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I think like and actually, yeah, uh, yeah. interesting no, you brought that up because I'm I'm listening to the Elon Musk biography right now, the new one, and the richest man in the world reads a ton of science fiction, and that's actually how he got most of his ideas for the things that he's doing from yeah. reading science fiction. Yeah, I knew that actually well, a while ago. I heard something about that because him and a couple other the big entrepreneurs like real into it. Yeah, but it makes sense, right? Because science fiction. How often do ideas that these authors come up with? those ideas become reality, not maybe the same way, but like, you know, in a, you know, a fashion and it's kind of cool. And it gives you a way to, it just gives you a way to think about things differently. That's a good one. Um, is that second? Yeah. My second one. And this is a uh, pretty interesting. Once you figure out what you actually want to focus on, a good way to learn on your own is create a learning plan. Like literally set yourself up a plan. Like, you know, this is what I hope to accomplish. This is what I want to do. This is how much time I'm going to dedicate a day. It could be anywhere from five minutes to whatever, you know, um, this is where I'm going to start. And, you know, you can adjust the plan as you go, but having at least some outline of where you want to go and how you're going to achieve this really helps when you get stuck because it gives you a way to kind of, you know, okay, I just got to keep going in this direction and I'll get there, you know? Yeah, that's, I think that's a great one and definitely understated because that's like the one thing who people go to universities think they're going yeah. to benefit from because the universities have already made a plan. Now, Granted, it may not be a great plan. Like I just finished a master's that really I didn't learn anything in the field that I really wanted to learn. It was very theoretical, nothing really practical, but they had a plan. And so I bought into the whole like they have a plan and I'll have a plan and all that stuff. But you can create a plan yourself. And after finishing that master's, I did create a plan for myself. And now it's like a lot more practical, practically oriented and in the direction of things that I want to learn. So that's the benefit you can do when you create a plan on your own. I'm glad you mentioned that though too, because that is like universities focus on theory and like, which is, it's good to know theory. It is because it helps you understand the practical, but like you don't get that practical that I think is way more important most of the time. So often you still need to teach yourself anyway, even when you're in university to actually do the thing that you want to do and not just like understand the background concepts. So yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So my third one is take action. This is the thing that separates people who achieve and people who learn from everybody else, because everybody else just prepares to take action. They read all the books, they listen to all the podcasts, they watch all the YouTube videos, they buy all the things they need to do it, and they never get around to taking consistent action. And taking action is the only way you're going to get into that feedback loop that's going to get you learning, because you're going to start doing things that are uncomfortable, that you don't know what you're doing. Things aren't going to work out the way you want them to. You're going to have to figure out how to address that. So taking consistent action in the direction you want to go is one of the best ways to learn because this is the separator between those who achieve and those who don't. No, that is a really good one too because a lot of people struggle with that. Like, I mean, I remember even when I was like in college, like, you know, I would get in that loop of doing research and just keep instead of writing papers, just keep researching, you know, because you feel like you're doing something kind of productive. Like it has that like air of productivity to it. And like it can be a real trap. Right. So you have to actually put things into action at some point. That's a really good one. It's funny, too, because oh, it made me think of, uh, you know, I mean, I do that to myself all the time where like when I want to do something, I'll just take on things that really probably are way out of my element. But I'm just like, well, I'll figure it out. And it's a good way to, you know, you learn stuff and you do figure it out over time and it gives you a commitment to stick to, you know, to go. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one is find mentors, not teachers necessarily, but mentors. And what I mean by that is like, 
find people you admire who are doing the thing already. Uh, you know, if it's authors like that have written on the subject, that can be a type of mentor, right? Just find people that are doing these things and kind of just check out like what they're doing. You know, if you can't obviously like interact with them personally, like, you know, see if they have any like books or anything like that that you could use to just kind of get a sense of like, what does somebody who does this already look like? And how can that help me think about how I can be that thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. And also, you know, while you can reach out to like the Uber mentors, you know, the people at the top of the field, generally, they're not going to be that helpful to yeah. you because they're so far ahead of you. They probably don't remember what it's like to be in your position. If you can instead find somebody who's maybe like a level or two ahead of you, they have very recently been in your shoes and they'll be able to connect the dots for you in ways that other people wouldn't. They'll also be more likely to help, and they're also more likely to also gain from the experience of mentoring someone. Whereas, like somebody at the very top, they're not going to. It's going to be well, you know, well beyond their you know their experience level. So it's like, yeah, it's a good good point. Mm -hmm. So there you yeah. have it in a nutshell: how to learn a few quick tips to help you learn the next thing. So if you enjoyed it, uh, make sure to uh, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That could help us out quite a bit. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. This is the Existential Stoic Podcast. I'm Randy. That's Danny. I'll see you later, Danny. Later, Randy.